So I praise God for this new year. I praise him again for the Bible read through. And I praise him for allowing me the opportunity to preach from those passages that we are reading. And I pray that it will be a blessing to you as much as it was to me. So if you have your Bibles this morning, please open to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Very familiar scripture here in Genesis chapter 6, preaching on uh, uh, man's wickedness, if you will. Uh, Genesis chapter 6, we'll begin to read in the sixth verse and we'll read a, a handful of verses as we go through there. And then we will deliver that which God has laid upon our heart. So Genesis chapter 6, starting in the sixth verse. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. In verse 13 we see, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And verse 14, make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Drop down to verse 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day that you've allowed us, dear Heavenly Father, to come into your presence in this place. I pray, dear Father, that you would just bless here the reading of your word. May we apply it to our lives. May we apply it to our spirits. May we apply it to our walks. Dear God, that we would take this and share with others. I pray most of all, Father, if there is one here under the sound of our voice, that today would be the day they would give their life to you. If they don't know you in the free pardon of sin, that today would be a day that their decision would be sure. I pray also, Father, for one that may have grown cold, one that may be seeking that closer walk, that today would be the day that they would commit to walking with you hand in hand. I pray that you bless each and every one that's in attendance. Father God, I pray that all distractions of the world were left outside and all that happens in this place this morning, dear Heavenly Father, that the children that are here would be silent. The noises of, of the building would just not be heard. But, Father, that your salvation would be heard loud and clear. And, Lord, that someone would be redeemed. We thank you for this and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the story of Noah many of you are familiar with. And we understand that, that Noah lived during a time of great wickedness. There was a lot of evil upon the earth and, and God decides to destroy most life. He saved only eight humans and then those animals which were allowed to come in. God instructed Noah to build a boat. 
He said, build this ark. And, and he told him all the instructions. And he said, you can bring in of the clean animals by seven, the male and the female. Of the unclean animals by twos, of the uh, clean uh, male and female. And of the fowls, you bring in by sevens, about male and the female. And, and then it began to rain. And it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And as you read through that scripture, you find that Noah and his family and those animals were on the ark approximately from the time the door closed to the time time the door opened was right at one year. A very long time to be on a, a boat in the waters of probably some very destructive waters, if you will, that destroyed this earth and, and the time that Noah spent there. And I want you to understand this morning, if you hear me and, and you don't come to this place of understanding that every word of the scripture is true, that this is not a fairy tale. This is not something that someone made up to give you a better idea of, of how the earth began. You can find it throughout civilizations and all through the world from one end to the other of a great flood that destroyed the earth. We find most of all here that, that, that you see even in science, they don't want to prove that the great flood happened, but they can't understand how dirt from over there got over there. They can't understand how sea life fossils are on top of mountains. They they won't, they won't tell you that they can't prove that out, but they don't want you to believe that there was a great flood. But nonetheless, this was not a fairy tale. This was not local. It was worldwide. It was global. If you can imagine right now at this moment, you go home from this church service and your neighbor is building a boat in the middle of the street, what your thought would be. We're nowhere near any ocean. We might be close enough to Alatoona Lake to be building a boat, but if you went home and someone in the middle of your street was building a boat, you would think they were nuts. So did everyone that came in Noah's area of him building. He wasn't just building a boat. He was building a boat. Read the Bible on the descriptions and, and, and go to do your conversions of your cubits and find out just how big and enormous this boat was. Now, we would think our neighbors were, were crazy. But think of it this way. There's, there's lots of studies out there and some people believe the Bible interprets that it had never rained upon the earth before. Some people believe that. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. It wasn't there. If it did... But if it didn't, he's still big and he's, he's building a ginormous boat in the middle of nowhere. Some people believe that maybe it did rain, and, but it was going to be more on a colossal scale. Some say that it was in a drought. Uh, it could have been in a drought and people are even more so scoffing at Noah saying, why are you building this boat? It's, what is this rain you speak of? Or it's never rained and since we've been alive, we've been in a drought. Why are you building a boat and we're hundreds of miles away from any kind of sea? How are you going to get it there? You're going to push it? You're going to pull it? They must have been really thinking that he was really nuts. But Noah knew God meant what he said. And Noah responded, it's going to flood. There's coming a flood. Okay, but how are you going to get that boat to the water? I'm telling you, it's going to rain. It's going to flood. And Noah keeps building. Though he's mocked at, laughed at, ridiculed. He's probably called things like, you old fool. 
You God freak, because we get called Jesus freaks today. He would have been called a God freak at the time. You God freak. Maybe they had a word for, uh, he was an extremist. I don't know. Maybe they called Noah an extremist. Maybe they didn't have words like this. I, I don't know, but uh, homophobe, xenophobe, whatever the, the, the labels might have been at those times. And we realize that, that God is, is true when He says that these things will come to you as well. If you turn to Matthew chapter 10, you see in verse 16, it says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, harmless as doves. But be aware of men... For they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my name's sake, for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. And verse 21 says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Verse 23, But when they persecute you, in this city flee to another. For verily I say unto you, you shall have not gone under over all the cities of Israel till the Son of Man He come. Jesus said, you're going to suffer this persecution. You're going to suffer the same scoffing that Noah said. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. We're going to see scoffing. We're going to see ridicule. We're going to be called names. We're going to be downgraded, denigrated. We're going to be all these different labels. But we keep building. Noah kept building. We keep building. Keep building on this thing that God has given us as Faith Baptist Church. Keep building on the temple that you are, the living sacrifice out in your world, in your mission field. Keep building. Keep building. We read all these things and all the ridicule. The Bible teaches us for 120 years, Noah preached, it's going to flood. It's going to flood. The water is coming and laughed at to scorn. And it was in every way, every one. Because he and only his wife, three sons and their wives were saved. But now, but now the rain starts. When the rain starts, their laughing and mocking stops. As the water rises, they run to the boat. They run to that ark that they said was foolish. They run there and they, they want in. They say, let us in. They didn't call Noah an extremist anymore. Their desperate pleas were for help. Help us. Let us in. But Noah is helpless. Because God shut the door. Noah was foolish enough to believe and trust God completely. In those eyes, he was foolish enough to do that. He followed God's instructions, his plans. And the result was his life and the life of his family was saved. Reading there in Matthew 16 verses 25. It is enough for the disciple 
that he be as his master and the servant as the Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more? Wrong, wrong chapter, sorry. Matthew 16. Matthew 16, 25, sorry. Matthew 16. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Think of those people. Think of the people in the world today scoffing at you, scoffing at your family because you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in a resurrected Savior. Just like Noah. They decided to save their life for what they wanted to do with it while Noah preached for 120 years. They decided to save their life and they lost it. But we read... And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Noah gave up his life for the sake of God and God's call. So shall we keep building. Keep building the boat. Keep building the boat that God has instructed you to build. Don't listen to the naysayers. Verse 26 says, For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now. If you can imagine. Would be hard to demonstrate this morning. Because we have. Some window lights in the front. But the clouds start rolling in. The rains, they begin to fall. Those that had rejected Noah's preaching, they now no longer want to reject. They no longer laugh. They no longer mock him. But it grows darker and darker. And Noah's locked up tight. God has shut the door. And now, all Noah can do is listen to the screams of those that rejected God. As they bang on the boat, listen! Help! Save us! But Noah he can't open the door. He was given 120 years. And the water rises deeper and deeper and the people flee higher and higher. The screams, once loud and multiple, now begin 
to dwindle as lives perish in the darkness. The screams grow dim and low as every last human is destroyed and Noah remains helpless. But God, being a mighty God that He is, sent light into the world. He sent a new ark. We call Him Jesus. We call Him Savior. We call Him friend. Praise God! He is a friend of sinners. And Jesus came that men might have light in their life and that darkness may flee. But still today, even in this place this morning, there are some that are rejecting Jesus Christ. There are some that refuse to come into the light. I encourage you today to hear the words of salvation. Would you please, just for a moment, feel your pulse. Find your pulse, whether it be on your wrist, your neck. Some of you may can even feel it through your heart right here. Can you feel that? You feel that thump, thump, thump? That's the only thing that lies between you and eternity in heaven or hell. When that stops, that body, as Brother Gilbert says, is dead. But that soul will live on. If it stopped right now, where would your soul go? Where would the final place, the final destination? You may say, mine would go to heaven because I'm a good person. Romans 3.10 says otherwise. Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You may say, well, I would go to heaven because I didn't sin like Hitler or I didn't sin like Saddam Hussein or I didn't sin like Charles Manson. Those kind of people go to hell, not people like me. But Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. It didn't say for the wages of the big sins is death. It says, for the wages of sin is death. We've been through this over and over and over again. If you've told a lie, you've broken every commandment of the Bible. For the wages of sin is death. But, but, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The door, the door has been opened. 
The door that God shut because of sin separating us from Him has been opened and it is Jesus Christ. He said, if you want to get to the Father, you must come through Me. But I will lay down My life so you can. He says in Romans 5.8, But God commendeth His love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we didn't know we needed a Savior, Christ died. Even when we didn't know what sin was, Christ died. And the law exposes our sin. And Galatians 3.24 says that it's our schoolmaster that brings us to Christ who laid down his life. Now I could go back through the building and I could turn the lights off once again and could turn the heat up really, really high, fill this place with smoke and do other things that could give you a, a very minute understanding of what hell would be like. I just want you to understand that if you are not saved this morning, you will be like those in that great flood. But you will never die. You will scream for help for eternity. You will cry out. You will have it. We rehearsed over and over again every time someone wanted you to get saved and talk to you about getting saved. Maybe every message that you've heard preached. And you will be in torments. The Bible says that the rich man died and he lifted his eyes in heaven and he was in torments. The screaming. The weeping, the wailing, the gnashing of teeth. Do you really know that heaven will be your home? Are you willing to take the risk and be of that number? Screaming, give me one more chance. Just one more chance. I will listen this time. I will not reject you. Give me one more chance. What we stand is, if we're lost, what you stand to lose can be gained as easily as admitting that you are a sinner, believing that Jesus Christ lived, died, rose from the dead and confess your sins to Him and ask Him to be the Lord of your life. It can be gained as easy as that. Romans 10.9 said, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Would you listen to me this morning? I don't know your hearts. I don't know where you stand with God. But He does. 
He knows exactly where you are. The Bible teaches us that he knows the exact numbers of the hairs on our head. That's quite an awesome God. Just in that aspect of knowing that information. And today. He has laid down his life for your salvation. So that you can avoid that dreadful place called hell that was created for the devil and his fallen ones. Would you evaluate yourself this morning? Don't be on the outside. Don't be the one that chooses to save your life in this one and lose it eternally. Be the one today. Be the one today that says, I will gladly lose my life for Christ's sake so that I gain my life in the one to come. There's people today that have died without Christ. And if they could come stand before you, oh, what a story they could tell of the pain, of the agony that goes on and on and on. Just like this ring. I could pass this ring around. None of you would be able to find a beginning or an end. That's eternity. Which will you choose? To give your life to Christ? Eternity with God in heaven? To refuse, to refuse the Holy Spirit today, take a chance on hell, the lake of fire, forever. Some might say, what if you're wrong? What if I'm right? I would much rather live a good life seeking Jesus Christ and find out that it was all wrong than to live a life seeking myself, die, and find out that it's all right. Have you bow your heads? Ask them to come around with a song. I'm going to pray. Then we'll sing. I don't want you to hesitate. Do not hesitate. If you need Jesus, come this morning. If you need to, to strengthen your walk with Him, don't hesitate. Step out. Step out right now. Bring someone with you. There's some in this place. That'll pray with you if you would just say, please go pray with me. Don't be on the outside banging on the wall, banging on the door. Screaming, let me out of this place. God has prepared much better for you if you will just Accept it. Father God, we thank you.
for Jesus Christ, our Savior. I pray, dear Lord, that you would just help us now, dear God, to understand that he died and what he went through for us. I pray, God, you would just tell us, Lord, in our hearts, help us, dear God, to, to understand. Would you touch those hearts right now, dear Heavenly Father? Let your spirit flow so strongly in this place. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a vessel for you. Pray to God that one would step out. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.